episode 109 of the Truth Quest podcast, The Truth About July 2020. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as George Floyd, Michael Flynn, vote by mail, political blasphemy and heresy, or the outrage culture comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean.com. The video versions of the podcast are also available on BitChute.com, Brighteon.com, and ThinkSpot. If you are listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, please take a moment and scroll down on the podcast page and give it a five-star rating. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through Facebook advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Another summer month goes by and we are treated to more Supreme Court opinions that are represented, of course, as decisions or rulings. You know the routine. Whatever the Supreme Court says is law of the land. In July, the court opined that states can require presidential electors to back their state's popular vote winner in the Electoral College. Listen to episode 34 for a deep dive on that subject. The Supreme Court ruled in a 7-2 opinion that a New York grand jury can have President Trump's tax records after the Manhattan DA subpoenaed eight years of returns along with other records in connection with an investigation into hush money payments main porn star Stormy Daniels. In another case, as cited in SCOTUS blog, quote, a divided Supreme Court on Friday turned down a request by a Nevada church for permission to hold services on the same terms that their facilities in the state, including casinos, are allowed to hold gatherings during the COVID-19 pandemic. Chief Justice John Roberts joined the court's more liberal justices in denying the plea from Calvary Chapel, Dayton Valley, a Christian church located about 15 miles outside the state's capital, Carson City. The ruling drew sharp dissent from the court's more conservative judges, with Justice Samuel Alito writing that although, quote, the Constitution guarantees the free exercise of religion, it, quote, says nothing about the freedom to play craps or blackjack, end quote. Nothing else need be said on that. Here's the woke update for the month of July. Let's start with Ford. A group of 100 Ford employees asked the company to stop making police vehicles. Ford makes around two-thirds of police vehicles in the U.S. Makes good business sense, doesn't it? Police should buy vehicles from Nissan or Honda and call it a day. Next up, Trader Joe's. Unlike Ford and dozens of other Fortune 500 companies in every major sports league, more on that in a minute, Trader Joe's stands alone telling the woke warriors to go to hell as they refuse to change the name of some of their products, which came under fire from the woke warriors. In a statement, the company responded to a petition submitted by woke warriors by saying, quote, We do not make decisions based on petitions. We make decisions based on what customers purchase, as well as the feedback we receive from our customers and our crew members. Well done, Trader Joe's. The Washington Redskins are now known as the Washington football team because woke idiots were offended by the name, despite the fact that surveys conducted with, on Native Americans going back decades have always come out as positive for the use of the name. Speaking of professional sports, Major League Baseball and the NBA resume their seasons during the month. For those sports fans thankful for the distraction from life that sports offers us, 
they were roundly disappointed. Unlike the NBA, whose players knelt during the anthem, the Major League Baseball season was open by them kneeling before the anthem. Oh, and the NBA also replaced their names on their jerseys with causes or messages like freedom and equality. Note, Free Hong Kong was not allowed by the NBA as one of the possible jersey messages. See, it turns out that the NBA makes big money in China. Meanwhile, in a related story, a bombshell report from ESPN claims the league has been fully aware of systematic and rampant abuse at their academies inside the communist country. Now let's take the woke update into the media. And further proof of institutionalized media bias in the corporate press, Barry Weiss resigned from the opinion section of the New York Times, citing a hostile work environment and an institutional yielding to an increasingly extreme ideological orthodoxy. Part of his resignation letter read, quote, The truth is that intellectual curiosity, let alone risk-taking, is now a liability at the Times. Why edit something challenging to our readers or write something bold only to go through the numbing process of making it ideologically kosher when we can assure ourselves of job security and clicks by publishing our 4,000th op-ed arguing that Donald Trump is a unique danger to the country and the world, and so self-censorship has become the norm, end quote. One of the most delicious, woke-induced stories of the month was the repeated defacing of the Black Lives Matter mural painted on a street in New York City. One woman did it three or four times in one week. She was arrested each time, but in Mayor de Blasio's New York City, where criminals are set free from prison because of COVID, where he eliminated the need for bail, the vandals can continue to come back day after day with no consequences. You reap what you sow, big fella. What a buffoon. President Trump commuted the sentence of Roger Stone. As expected, the corporate press went batshit crazy as part of the whack-a-mole daily Trump outrage strategy. Come to find out, Trump only had issued 11 commutations, and Obama had, checked this out, issued over 1,700. I mean, really, this is just another example of Trump derangement syndrome. I mean, these people don't even check statistics before they go off the rails and start their orange man bad commentaries. I guess it's no surprise. The corporate press has no credibility anyways. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is battling cancer for a fifth time. She announced a few weeks ago that she was been undergoing chemotherapy since May after doctors found lesions on her liver. The justice said her, her most recent scan showed significant reduction in the lesions. Needless to say, she refuses to retire. Congressman John Lewis died this month. His memorial was used by many Democratic speakers as a political rally. Rather than memorialize the man, they chose to sow division and spew hatred of Trump and Republicans. Former President Obama was the worst offender. It wasn't until I heard Obama's speech at the memorial that I realized how wonderful it has been to not be subjected to his divisive demagoguery for the last four years. I encourage you to listen to his eulogy for yourself. On July 4th, billionaire music and fashion mogul Kanye West announced that he is running for president. He kicked off his presidential campaign with an event in Charleston, South Carolina. He declared his opposition to gun control and abortion and his support for legalized marijuana. More classified documents were released demonstrating plenty of early warning signs for the use of the Steele dossier 
in Mueller's Russia collusion hoax investigation of Trump. Big surprise. Throughout the month, the nation wrestled with the idea of reopening schools. Check out episode 108 if you're interested in that. But suffice it to say, the science that the Democrats constantly harp on that must be followed, the science demonstrates that children going back to school is safe, if done with the usual safety precautions, mask wearing, social distancing, regular cleaning, etc. The bottom line is the Democrats are so desperate to get rid of Trump that they desperately need schools to be closed in order to further frustrate the populace and hopefully blame Trump. They also know that with schools closed, the economy will continue to struggle and hopefully people will blame Trump. And this gives them the opportunity to impose a universal basic income scheme via the enhanced unemployment benefits. You know, the $600 plus that millions of people were receiving on a weekly basis. Some people were making more money on unemployment than working. In the latest on the George Floyd case, the transcripts from the body camera footage from two of the responding officers to the Floyd incident were released. Here are a few takeaways from the transcript. Floyd was high as a kite. He was not afraid of the police. He resisted the police getting out of his car. He resisted the police getting in the back seat of the police car. He asked them to sit in the front seat of the car, which the officers declined. He asked that the windows be opened, which the officers obliged. Throughout the exchange prior to being put on the ground, he claims he can't breathe. He claimed that he had COVID. He asked the officers to put him on the ground rather than putting him in the back of the car. He apparently lost consciousness while on the ground with the unconscious neck restraint being applied by Officer Derek Chauvin. I produced an entire episode on the death of George Floyd, episode 107. Check it out. Harvard University announced that the school plans to resume classes in the fall entirely online. Price tag? $50,000. Good luck with that. If you are interested in the topic of the cost of college and student loans, check out episode 39. There's lots of news out of China this month. Muslims were rounded up and apparently being sent to re-education camps. As reported in the Huffington Post, the reason given for the rounding up is to prevent these Muslims from joining Islamic extremists or separatist groups. Yeah, right. A fire was started in the courtyard of the Consulate General of China in Houston, this following the U.S. government's order that the consulate be closed due to allegations of espionage. Chinese agents were burning a massive trove of documents. It's like a right out of a movie. China's crackdown on Hong Kong continued throughout the month. Free speech and human rights violations are a regular occurrence since China took back control of the city. A wealthy couple in St. Louis who live in a private gated community were made internationally famous or infamous, depending on the way you look at it, when they brandished guns when an angry Black Lives Matter mob broke down the gate of their community and stood in front of their house shouting death threats and brandishing weapons of their own. The local district attorney confiscated their guns and charged them with a felony. The attorney general of Missouri dismissed the charges. In an unrelated yet relevant story, an eight-year-old named Sicoria Turner was murdered when her mother accidentally drove into an autonomous zone in Atlanta. The mayor allowed the protesters to to set up their mini chop-slash-chaz area in her city. When the mother drove into the area, a group of them opened fire on the vehicle. 
The reason I bring both of these stories up together is because the story of the wealthy couple was plastered all over the news, while Turner's death was glossed over. You had to really dig hard to find out the circumstances of her death. See, one story helped the corporate press's anti-American, systemic racism, rich people are bad, inequity narrative, and the other did not. Joe Biden has now been nicknamed Joe Hyden as he limits his exposure to journalists' questions. He held his first press conference late in June, where he called on reporters from a prepared list. That was 84 days after his previous press conference. During the month of July, he held a handful of events and granted a few Zoom interviews, but he has been dramatically limiting in his willingness to take off-the-cuff questions. This month, during two of his Zoom interviews with local reporters, his aides abruptly ended the interviews. His handlers have their hands full with him when he does grant interviews. He has forgotten where he is sometimes during interviews and press events. He is deteriorating rapidly. It's, it's really sad. And quite frankly, it's scary to think that he may become president. Who will actually be making decisions? Chaos continues in large, democratically controlled cities like Portland, Chicago, and New York City. Headlines scream things like, Murder and mayhem in large, democratically controlled cities. In one weekend, 30 people were shot, 10 killed in New York City. In that same weekend, 59 were shot and 3 were killed in Chicago. After declaring Antifa a domestic terrorist group, the Trump administration sent federal troops into Portland to quell the violence. There are plans in the works to send them into other cities. Now, I don't like the idea of federal troops roaming the streets of American cities, but there is some justification when they are protecting federal property, like the courthouse in Portland, which had been under siege for almost two months. And I believe their presence is justified if they are asked by the governor or mayor to coordinate or augment or tag team with their own police forces. Minneapolis residents have had to resort to forming armed community watch and security groups after the city council slashed the police budget following the George Floyd incident. In the latest COVID-19 news, come to find out, upwards of 30% of COVID deaths in Florida were not caused by COVID. The person simply tested positive when they died. CDC guidelines require counting deaths this way. So we're looking at what, 150,000 COVID deaths in the U.S.? And what if you take 30% of that number? You're down to what, 45,000? A nasty flu season kills what, around 80,000 people? All this hysteria over a minor flu season? In a related story, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter all decided to censor a viral video of frontline doctors holding a press conference sharing their views and opinions on coronavirus. All three platforms removed footage of the press conference after it accumulated over 17 million views in just eight hours on Facebook. As you can imagine, these physicians did not agree with the Democrat Party line of perpetual lockdown, kill the economy, we are all going to die of COVID party line. This is just another example of the left not being able to allow the public to hear the opinion outside their 3x5 card of allowable opinion. Dr. Deborah Burks and Dr. Fauci now recommends wearing goggles or a face shield along with the mask. Dr. Burks said, you can decorate them. These people are nuts. Meanwhile, back in the real world, the one that's not trying to destroy the economy and make vote-by-mail a seemingly re reasonable alternative, 
the Dutch government advised the public that there will be no mask mandate to slow the spread of coronavirus, stating that their effectiveness remains unproven. For those of you who are paying close attention, you're probably wondering why I threw in the vote-by-mail comment in the middle of the COVID mask-wearing commentary. Well, here's where I'm going with that. See, vote-by-mail is the Democrats' wet dream for the fall. Listen to episode 104 for a deep dive into that subject, but suffice it to say, vote by mail, not absentee ballots, is where every registered voter receives a ballot. Fraud is enormous, leaving election results up in the air for months, if you're lucky. So follow my logic here. If it's too dangerous to send kids to school, and everyone is still hysterical about masks and face shields, and whatever cockamamie body condom, body bubble, Fauci, and Burks come up with next, then it isn't safe for people to go to the polls. After all, where are most polling sites? Bingo! At schools. Thus, the only answer, the only answer, is vote by mail, and the Democrats are rubbing their hands together and licking their chops at what voter fraud havoc they can wreak in November. Attorney General Bill Barr testified at some congressional committee. The Democratic members of the committee basically behave like many tyrants, berating Barr while at the same time refusing to allow him to answer their questions. Barr brilliantly called out Democrats for refusing to condemn all the mob violence around the country. Herman Cain, the former Godfather's Pizza CEO and one-time Republican presidential candidate who campaigned on the tax reform plan called 999, died this month from COVID-19. He was 74. The left, as they are apt to do when someone from the conservative side of the aisle passes, cheered his death. All right, that may be a little bit too harsh. Let's say this. They essentially cheered his death because he attended Trump's rally in Tulsa in June, which of course means he got COVID at the rally and Trump is an asshole idiot for holding the rally. Orange man, bad. The Atlanta Fed's GDP for the second quarter showed a decline of 9% which, given the fact that most of the economy was shut down, is understandable. However, go scan the headlines or watch the videos from your, any of your favorite liberal outlets and check for yourself. What number did they report with overjoyed enthusiasm? Not 9%, but 32%. Yep, they reported the annualized number rather than the actual number. What media bias? Finally, let's look at the markets for the month. Gold and silver skyrocketed. Silver was up an astonishing 35%. Gold was up 11%. Well, what does this mean to the average person? This indicates that the U.S. dollar is losing value quickly because it takes more of them to buy an ounce of gold or silver than it did a month ago. Now, keep in mind, the supply of these precious metals are relatively stable. You can only extract limited amounts from the ground and mint it. However, look at the rate of dollar creation out of thin air over the last four months. We had the PPP program, we had the unemployment, enhanced unemployment benefits, we have bailouts, we have monetization of the debt. We have more dollars in circulation chasing the same amount of gold, and voila! The price of gold priced in U.S. dollars is skyrocketing, and the U.S. dollar moves closer and closer to being removed as the reserve currency around the world. Other nations are buying gold at record rates. The reason they are doing this is eventually to replace the U.S. dollar as the reserve currency with their own gold-backed currency. See, if you back your currency with gold, it cannot be printed at will out of thin air. You only issue currency 
and the amount of gold you have in the vaults. Check out episode 62, The Truth About the Gold Standard and Sound Money, for more on that. And finally, the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones Industrial Average were up 4% and 1.8% respectively. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.